But my name is Chris. Please call me Chris. If you call me Christian, I think you're punishing me because my parents are Hispanic. So, you know, when they say full names, it means you're in trouble, right? And they say, Christian. And, you know, you're like, okay, okay, okay. But I am truly excited, honored, and humbled to be here with you this morning. Uh, this church has been a tremendous blessing in my life. And to be able to be part of what God is doing in this church for a moment, it's a privilege of a lifetime. And I hope that you who come here and attend regularly, or if it's your first time, don't take it for granted. Because what God is doing in this church is truly special. Sometimes you come to something so often that you lose the wonder of it. And it looks so common. It seems so basic. But it's not. It's not normal what God is doing in this church. It's supernatural. It's special. It's powerful. So don't lose the sight, the joy, and the gratefulness of what God is here. Amen? So if you're ready, I have a word for you. But we're going to do this. We're going to pray, right? And then we're going to get right into it. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, which is living, truth, powerful, that can do anything because your word changes moments. I ask now that you give us the faith to believe it, to receive it, and to run with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you for a moment about the step. The step. I got a question for you before we start. How many of you made resolutions this year? January 2022, you said, I'm going to do blank. How many are still doing that? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're like, I meant to, I promise, I'm going to get to it, right? Well, today I want to encourage you to get to that resolution. It's not too late yet. You know, pastor said something brilliant on Friday that, that really stuck with me. He says, the way you exit is the way you enter. So I don't know what happened the first 11 months of this year, but I want to encourage you today to pivot, to reposition, and to say, I'm going to take the step in the right direction now. Because I can't dwell on what happened already. It's done. I, I, you can gripe about it. You can complain about it, but it's done. So what am I going to do? I'm going to reposition, and I'm going to take the step. And so what I want to do is I want to address two big Bible characters the big guys, two of the big, big guys that we all know, that we're familiar with. And if you're not, you probably still heard some about them, right? And I want to see two relative small steps in comparison to the whole story, but are the steps that change the narrative of the whole story, right? So the first person I want to address is Abraham. I know you're going to say, you mean Abraham. No, no, I mean Abraham. Because before he becomes Abraham, right, he is Abraham. And Abraham has to take a small decision that is actually fairly large before he can accomplish that name change, right? So this is in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 to 31. If you have a Bible, you can look for it. If not, I think we have it on the screens, right? And I, in my version, we're going to read it on the screens? We have it on the screens? Yeah, we do. It says, now these are the generations of Terah. Terah, father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. In case you guys have kids, if you're wondering for names, there's four there. So, you know, Terah, Haran, Noah, <laughs> and Haran, father Lot. Okay. It says, Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred, in Ur, 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 of the Chaldeans, right? And Abram and Nahor took wives, and the names of Abram's wife was Sarai. We know Sarai, right? Or Sarah. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah. 
the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Again, if you need more Bible names. Now, Sarai was barren. She had no child. Imagine the introduction to this person. The first thing you find out about her is her husband's Abram. She's barren. Oh, and if you guess you're wondering, she has no child, right? But now look at the transition in chapter 12, right? Because now we know who she is. We know who Abram is, right? Now look, we go to chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go. 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 He doesn't say, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, it's a pleasure to know you. How you doing? What do you like? What are your favorite foods? What's your favorite color? What team broke your heart in the World Cup? No, he didn't ask that. He said, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. You know, a lot of times we love promises. But oftentimes, before the promise, we have a command. And, and the scary thing, you know, there's a, there's a word that we don't like. I, and I'm telling you because I truly do not like this word. It's the word obedience. Before you see the promise, you need to take the step. Because look, this is the order. Go. And then we see the promise. If you go to, to verse 2, look at the promise. It says, and I will make you of a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. But you don't get to the second verse without the goal. And that part is difficult. That's the part that requires us to take the leap of faith. And so I, to, I told you I want to talk about two steps. The first one's called the first step. The first step. Because the first step dictates my way. Wherever I go, if I take a wrong turn and I continue in that path, it doesn't matter how much I try, I am going the wrong way. But if I say, okay, I realize I made, I made a mistake here. Let me return. Let me take a first step. That first step, it's already a step in the right direction. It's already, already a better path than the one I was intending to go in originally, right? And so look at Abram's life. You look at this moment. And you look at the biggest moments of his life would probably be what? When he sacrifices Isaac for a moment, right? You would argue with that? You, no? No, I think that putting your son on an altar and about to kill him is, is pretty, pretty much the, the, the top moment, right? We can agree on that? I need talk back. I love talk back. Cause I, for me, is you know what? I, I believe we're a family. And I like when my family talks back to me, okay? Cool, cool. I like that. So, and so then, if that's the biggest moment. But we don't get to that moment if it doesn't go. And a lot of times, God is calling you out of what you know into what you don't know. Why? Because when you go somewhere you don't know, the only thing you can count on is on God. If we stay in the familiar, we stay in the safe, then we tend to be comfortable because we know what we know. But when I step into the wilderness, when I step into that space, into that area, into that business, into that thing that I don't know, then the only thing I got is God. And when I hold on only to God, then I'm going to be good. But oftentimes we're carrying other stuff with us, other safety nets. So he tells them, no, no, you got to leave your family. Some of you are happy about that, but I don't know why. Some of you are like, yes, amen, I receive it. No, no. 
<laughs> you got to leave the country you know, the land you know, the people you know, and you got to step out and go. Go. So I want us to look at this pattern because we'll see it also with Moses, who's the other character we'll talk about. Is that first is the prompting or the command. Then is the promise. See, a lot of times we are hoping for that miracle. But we're not moving like that miracle is going to happen. So I want to encourage you this morning to put your faith where your mouth is. To put your faith where your mouth is. If you're believing for something, right, and you know nothing is impossible with God, then you need to ask, what is the step I need to take to show that faith and put it into action? What is that step that I need to take to say, Lord, I believe that you're going to do this thing. For example, if you're praying for rain, I better see you walking with an umbrella. Right? Right? Yeah? If you're praying for some provision, you say, Lord, I got to empty my wallets because you're about to fill them. If you're praying for health, then you need to start walking like you're healthy. Whatever you're believing for, you got to take the step in that direction. And oftentimes, it's going to look crazy to everybody else. Imagine Abraham going to his dad like, hey, I know we spent a lot of time together, but I'm leaving because God told me to go. Yeah, sure. How? He sent you a, an angel. He sent you a text. No, he just told me go. Uh, you have proof of this. You know what's going to happen next. He said he'll bless me. I'm going to have a multitude. But we already got Sarah's introduction. She's barren. And if you're wondering, she has no child. Right? That is the introduction. That is the problem that they're facing. Because look at the promise they're getting is you will be blessed. You will be a nation. You will be multiplied. That is the promise. Multiplication. The problem with, if you guys are good at math, is anything multiplied by zero is? So if you multiply all the kids they got. Right? By the multitude that they're going to get, it should be zero. Because she has no child. That's a big problem. How are you going to start a multitude if you can even start with one? If you can even have one? That would be my first question, if I'm honest with you. I'm not as, as, as spiritually mature as Abraham. If God tells me, go, and then I will multiply it, I'll be like, okay, God, but can you give me a head start? Can you give me the first kid? And then I go, so I know who I'm walking with, and I know that this makes sense. Be honest. Be honest, right? Right? It's like, uh, I already know she can't have kids, so do I really want to take that leap? When that rationale arises, we need to say, I don't quite understand it, but I know God's character. I know God's character. That's why it's so important for you to live in intimacy with God. Because when things don't match up with what he said, I need to understand that his character hasn't changed. He was, he is, and he is to come. But he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So if he said, I'm going to be a multitude, all I got to say is, okay, where do you want me to park? I know you where you want me to live, so now where's my parking spot? Which one's mine? You tell me, and I'll go. I don't know. And when people ask you, but how's he going to do it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
You and me both were waiting, don't worry. We'll find that together at the same time probably. But it's okay because he's going to do it. That is my first step. And maybe, maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time. So you're saying, well, you know, I've taken a couple first steps. Well, I believe that you don't have to wait for 2023 to take the first step of that year. Today, you can say, Lord, I am putting my whole 365 before you. I don't want to walk one day that is not in step with your will, in step with your goodness, in step with your grace, in step with whatever you want for me. Because I, I got news for you if you don't know. God has good things in store for you. But you have to be aligned to what he wants for you. See, Abraham understood that. So he steps into what God called him to do. And then we, we find out the story. You know, we know more about Abraham's kids than he probably knew. And you might say, what do you mean? Because Abraham knows that he has Isaac. But he doesn't see Jacob. He doesn't see Esau. He doesn't say Jacob's 12 kids. Right? He, he dies before they're born. So we got to see the fulfillment of the promise. And so it's obvious for us to say, of course he becomes multiplied. We know how the story ends. He didn't. Sometimes you're going to have to wait a little longer. Right? So you can see the fulfillment of the promise. And then you can say, of course, now it's obvious. People look at you and be like, duh, I knew you were going to do that. You didn't. <laughs> you were stepping into the promise. They just see the fulfillment. So you got to step before you can see it fully. That's the promise you got to tell yourself. You say, Lord, you're going to repeat after me. You say, Lord, I'm stepping. Just tell me where. Tell me how. And tell me how wide. How wide you want my step to be? Because sometimes the step don't got to be this big. It can be a little step. It's still a step in the right direction. Because we're, we're the type of people who wanted to do big things really quickly. Right? Are you impatient? I'm impatient. You want to do things really, really quickly. You want to do now. Yesterday is better. But God, his timing is perfect. We just have to learn to say, Lord, at your pace. At your pace. And sometimes it feels accelerated because like it's going really, really fast. But sometimes like, Lord, is really, 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 really slow. Abraham waited over 20 years for that promise to finally make a little sense when he had Isaac. Can you wait that long? Can you worship him and trust him as you wait? Can you say, Lord, even if it doesn't happen, just having you is good enough. But I believe that if you said it, it is true. So are you ready to take that first step? I want one more step for you. You ready? The next step is take a step back. And that feels kind of intuitive, I know. That feels kind of intuitive. Like, well, you told me to go forward. What do you mean? Now you want me to go back? <laughs> you're gonna, you, what's the game called? The one that, that's, that's what you guys are going to do. You're going to be like, oh, I, don't, I don't know how this goes. You know, you want me to go forward? You want me to go back? How, how does it work? Well, the step back. Moses. Everybody here know Moses? Yeah, most people here know Moses. Yeah, you know that guy. He was in Egypt. Then he wasn't in Egypt. Then a burning bush. God spoke to him, told him, go back to Egypt, right? And then he led the people of Israel, right? Yes, yes. And, and the, you know, the, the he parted, right? And then they walked in the desert, the desert, the desert, the desert for 40 years, right? Because of disobedience, right? Right. That guy? We're familiar with that guy? I remember I leave the talk about. You familiar with that guy? Yeah. Hey, Amen. I like it. Okay. 
Well, before he gets to the people of Israel, right, we go to Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 if you have it, right? This is where it goes. It says, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. See, Moses is minding his own business. He has a new job now. Right? Before he was a prince in Egypt, that didn't work out because, you know, stuff happens. Right? If you want the details, read the story. It's, it's riveting. It's crazy. Right? Murder, escaping, running, Hollywood stuff. Right? So, but Moses says, all right, that didn't work. You know? He went to Indeed. He found a new job. They were looking for a shepherd. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to apply. Boom. He got it. He became a shepherd. He became a shepherd. You know, when you look at their stories... It's funny, because he was always meant to be a shepherd. He was always meant to be a shepherd. He just didn't know that the sheep he was supposed to lead were a little different. They were less, blah, and more blah, 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 you know, because they complained a lot. Huh? 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 No? Yeah. You'll get it, you'll get it, you'll get it, you'll get it. <laughs> but he was always meant to be a shepherd. The only thing is that he's minding his own business, right? He's doing his own thing. That's some of us, right? We're like, I'm a Christian. I go Sundays, I'm faithful, right? I tithe, I give my offerings. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. 52 weeks this year, I went 47. Now, percentage is good, right? Good, good. But now look at what happens to Moses as he's, fine, as he's minding his own business, verse 7. Watch this. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of the taskmasters, and I know their suffering. Or their sufferings. Hey. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to a good and broad land. A land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And, then, and now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Mm -hmm. And then look at 10. Come, I will send you, that you may bring people, my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Come, I will send you. You know what my first question would have been? Do I have a choice? Is, is this a, is, are you asking? Are you telling? Are you ordering? Imagine you're just one day, you know, going, you're getting your coffee, oat latte, right? You grab it, right? And then boom, burning bush in Starbucks. Right? I don't know. Whatever you guys are into. Right? Vernon Bush and Starbucks. It says, hey, hey, this is a problem that you're not aware of, okay? My people need my deliverance. And then you look at, and you're like, that sounds like a personal problem. Your people need deliverance. <laughs> you know what he Says, he says, and I'm going to, because this is God talking. He says, and I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to take them to a land that is spacious, that is filled with milk and honey. I'm going to do all this thing. So now you go. Huh? I thought you were talking to yourself. You're talking about what you're going to do. Now you go. This is sometimes the difficult part of saying, God, my life is yours. Is that he's going to do it. But he's called you to be part of it. Because it's still going to be for his glory. 
It's still going to be his plan. It's still going to be his purpose. But he wants you to be part of it. And so why do I call it the step back? Simply because he has to go back to the place he fleed. And in the Bible, you know, Egypt is symbolic with, with bondage, with slavery. All right? It's, it's, it's the idea of if you're spiritually bound, you're still in your Egypt. So I'm not telling you're slipping back. I'm not saying you're going back to sin. I'm not saying you're going back to the things you left. I'm not saying you're going, no, 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 no. Because how many of you are basketball, basketball fans? Any basketball fans here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's go Lakers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's okay. I'll pray, I'll pray for you that the Lord opens your eyes. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But, you know, in basketball, there's a famous move called the step back, right? And the point of the step back is you're actually getting away from the basket. Right? And so you might think, that doesn't make sense. If you want to score in the basket, you need to get closer to the basket. No, no, no. They get away because they have one sole purpose of the step back is to get separation. When you get separation, you have a better view of the basket, so you have a clearer shot. And so you need to understand that sometimes the Lord says, take a step back because you don't see the full picture yet. You don't see what I'm about to do. Look, Moses sees the burning bush. The Lord takes your shoes off. It's a holy place. And he's like, okay, this is already weird, but I'll do it. Why not? There's a burning bush, right? And then he's like, I'm going to deliver my people. I'm going to send you. And Moses is like, wait a minute. Did, did, you, um, did you forget why I left in the first place? Did you forget that I'm not, you know, the most liked person in that place? And I don't think it's going to go nicely with people if I just go and say, hey, um, that, that free labor you have going on, yeah, it's done. They, they're leaving. And that's not going to go well with anybody. But the Lord says, and I'm sending you. Just take a step back. Take a step back. Because you were freed from Egypt. So now you're called. 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 <laughs> so now you're called to go back to Egypt. And Egypt for us looks a little different. Egypt for us can look like our workplaces. Can look like even our homes, our schools, the gym, the grocery store. Because there's people out there who are bound. There's people out there who still need deliverance. There's people out there who still need to be reminded that God has not forgotten about them. That God sees them. That God's heard their cry. That's what God is telling Moses. I've seen it. I've heard it. God has not forgotten about them like he has not forgotten about you if you're in this place today. Those prayers, those tears, they don't go to waste. That patience, that faith is not wasted. We know that we want it now, but trust me, in his timing, it will come to pass. His timing is perfect. His will is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. You got to trust that it's going to happen. But guess what? Just like you're praying, somebody's out there praying too. So God is telling Moses, hey, I haven't forgotten about you, but I also want to use you as I'm fulfilling the thing I said I was going to do for you. So can you take a step back for a moment from your prayer, just for one moment, and say, God, who else can I bless? Can I take a moment and say, God, I know my plan is this, but I can take a step back if you need me to. For your glory, for the advancement of your kingdom, for whatever you want me to do. Can you take a step back? Because you know what happens when he says, 
Okay, after all the argument and can you, but who, who's, who do I tell them send me? Or tell them that, you know, I am who I am, send you. And, but, you know, I have this, 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 this problem and nobody's going to understand me or take, take me serious. Because if I talk like this, who's going to take me serious? Right? He says, don't worry, fine. You want another excuse? Put, uh, Aaron can speak for you. It's fine, it's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. You're good, you're good. Like, there's no excuses with God. Come on, he, he can work. It's a God of the universe, guys. What can you tell him uh, God, that he doesn't already know? You know what I love about God? His patience to address these concerns. Think about it. You think God didn't, oh, I didn't know Moses had a problem speaking? Wow, I must have been too busy building stars to notice that he couldn't pro 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 properly enunciate words. No, oh, oh, you, oh, you caught me by surprise. I didn't know you were going to question it. I didn't see that coming. You were going to doubt my will? I didn't know Sarah I didn't have kids. You should have told me that before I told you to leave your house. He already knew the problem. So he was declaring the solution. So can you take the step and say, God, you know it already. So I don't even have to go to the problem. I just know that you said step. I just know you said step. I just know you said step. So I'm going to step. And you know what, Lord? You need me to step aside? I'll step aside. You need me to take a step back? I'll take a step back. You need me to do, I got no rhythm, but you need me to do a two-step, I'll do a two-step. I got two left feet that are lefties, if that makes sense, you know? Like, like really bad, right? But I'll do what you need me to do. And so Moses goes back. And now it's not just his life that's impacted. It's millions of people are delivered from Egypt. We, we know the story gets a little messy, right? We'll address it some other day, right? But imagine that God is calling you. And he's saying, hey, I, I want to deliver my people. Go. Go. You know what our answer should be? How fast? You know what our answer oftentimes is? I can't. I'm busy. I got a job. I'm a shepherd. I got, a, I, got a, I, got a, I got my own family to worry about. I got my own issues to worry about. I got my own concerns to worry about. Can I give you an advice? You worry about God's will, and he will worry about your concerns. And the way he solves problems is far greater than the way we solve problems. Look at Abram. Abram would have settled for one kid. God said, I'll give you a multitude. You get a kid, and you get a kid, and you get, he went Oprah on her. You know, he was like, you get a kid, you get a kid. Sarah, you want another kid? You get another kid, you get another kid, you get another kid. Now look at the Bible when they talk generations, and you start reading all these kids' names. You're like, I would have been fine with just learning Isaac. Now you got to learn all these kids' names, you know, because this guy had this guy, and this guy had this guy, and this guy had this guy. Right? Look at Moses. Moses has a family by this point. He has his own kids. He has his own job. He has his own thing. He went to deliver the kids of his kids. He went to deliver his, his nephews, his cousins, because he had family in Egypt. Sometimes God is calling you to go get help for others. It's not just about you anymore. He's going to do something great in you, but it's because he wants to do something great through you as well. 
if he's multiplying, if he's fulfilling, if he's answering. You need to say, God, I want to take a step back of gratitude and say, you've given me so much. What should I do with it? What do you want me to do with these gifts? What do you want me to give with this talent, with this time, with this efforts, with this energy, with these things that I got? What do you want me to do? Take the step back. Because I got one last thing, and I'll finish with this. The promise isn't just for you. It is, the Bible says that in Abraham, we are blessed. In Abraham, we are blessed. And the nations will be blessed. There is a lot of nations represented here. And they're blessed in Abraham. He doesn't know you. I mean, now he knows you. He's in heaven. But he didn't know that you were going to be here. And I'm Honduran, if you guys are wondering. Right? He didn't know that some random dude from Honduras would be blessed because of his obedience. So you don't know what your obedience can do for others, what God can do through you, what God can bring forth because you said, yes, Lord, send me. I'll go. It's not just about us. Trust me, he will bless you. He will provide for you. He will guard you. He will keep you. He will strengthen you because that's who he is. He's a good father. But he also wants to give you more than you can handle so you can spread it to others. This is what happens with Abraham. This is what happens with Moses. Moses, the Lord tells him, I'm going to take you to a place you don't longer want to be in. So you can take people out of a place they can't get out of. You are light. You are salt. You are called. Do not ignore that part of your life. You're blessed, but you're also called. Says, Lord, you've given me. Now, what do you want me to do? You've given me salvation, the greatest gift there is. How do I get this to other people? Because that is the question of the step back. Is now that you've done it in me, I want you to do it in them. Do you need me? I'll be your hands, I'll be your feet, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Because you've done it for me first. But before he sends them, he encounters Moses. It's important that you know who your God is before he, you go anywhere. A lot of people are, are too busy trying to work, 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 work. No, no, for a moment, you're on holy ground today. For a moment, meet your God today. Receive from the Lord and he'll give you the strength, the health, the provision, that you need for this week, for this month, for this upcoming year. As you step in the right direction, take a step back today. And just think about his goodness. How far he's brought you. Maybe you have never accepted Jesus. Today is the day to take the first step. That's the greatest step of your life. To say, Lord, I believe that you died for me. That you rose for me. And that you offer me eternal life. Maybe... You need to come back to the Lord. Life got busy and you got a little carried away. Maybe you need to step back into communion with God. But maybe there's plans, there's dreams that you've been putting before the Lord. And you've been praying and you've been praying and you've been praying. Let's get to work. There's stuff we got to do. Prayer is the first. First step. But then there's some stuff that we can actually physically do. 
If you're believing that the Lord will provide, how about today you give your offering and your tithe? Says, Lord, I put you first. Let you take care of the rest. If you're believing for your household, say, Lord, here I am as a representative standing for my family. If you're believing for your job or for a job, say, Lord, my requirements, more than the salary, more than this, more than that, is that it will not affect how I serve in my church. How I look for you first. I want to keep the things in order because if I put everything in the right place, then I can step into the promise of what God wants to do for me and what God's going to do through you. So my question today is, are you willing to step? Are you willing to step? I hear a lot of yes. I want to see you truly step. We're going to take this step in faith. If you're willing, if you're able, you're going to stand up to your feet and we're going to take a step together. We're going to take a step of faith. You ready? I know you don't have much faith, so you're going to take a step to the side when I say three. Ready? And we're going to say, Lord, Lord, I'm stepping into all that you have for me. You ready? At the count of three, we're going to take a step to the side. One, two, three. You ready? You ready? The Bible says you got to put faith into action, right? One more time to the other side. One, two, three. Step. Other way. One, two, three. Step. Because, Lord, I'm stepping. Lord, I'm stepping. I'm going where you want me to go, and I'm going to see your promises fulfilled in the land of the living. I'm going to see all that you have for me in faith. I say yes and amen.